0: and scores! Tomas Hurdle hits the jackpot! You're listening to the San Jose Sharks Morning Tide, brought to you by Coors Light. Scores, scores, scores!
1: Scores!
0: Logan Couture wins it in overtime! Now, now here's your host, Ted Ramey.
1: off to a good start this year. The last few years we haven't and uh, it's kind of snowballed into tough seasons. We had a really good training camp. We had a really good preseason. We played really well in in all those exhibition games and uh, we've carried it into the the regular season. So like I said, it's been a lot of fun. Yeah, I mean, we got to keep going. This is uh, just the, the beginning. We got a long season to go here and we got two tough games on this road trip remaining, so it's not over yet. We're we're going to enjoy these two, these four, I guess you could say, and uh, head to Boston and play a team that's that's a very good hockey team in a building that we haven't had a lot of success in lately. So uh, we're going to be prepared for that one.
0: All right, good morning, everyone, and welcome to Morning Tide. It is Saturday morning. The San Jose Sharks are in second place in the Pacific Division. They have one less win than Edmonton, who is five and zero on the year. The San Jose Sharks are 4-0 and on the year. They have a plus-9 goal differential right now, and they are off to a great start, something that did not happen the last couple of years, like you heard the captain Logan Couture referencing when we came in. But I'm going to take you back to a certain refrain that I kept on bouncing off of people, not just this preseason, but last year as well. And I said, you have a core of a team right now that has Logan Couture, Tomasz Hurdle, Brent Burns, Eric Carlson, Timo Meyer, you know, you can list off more and more names, and I said, that's not a situation where guys around the league would say, well, I don't want that, right? Like coaches, if you told coaches everywhere in the NHL you could have those players, I don't think any of them would be against that in the slightest. The difference is the modern context of that, where in the last couple of years, though, those guys haven't played up to their potential. That's obviously a factor in how you would look at things and how you would consider what a team would be, but... When you're watching Eric Carlson rip a big one-timer to give a team a 3-2 lead in a back-and-forth wild second period where it seemed like anything could happen and the game was completely up for grabs, especially considering that the San Jose Sharks were on the second night of a back-to-back on an East Coast road trip. I mean, this is a team that's playing much closer to its potential. I don't think they're playing over their heads. I don't think this is not indicative of what this team is capable of. I think it's what was so far removed from their play over the past couple of years. And I think that's for a a variety of reasons. I mean, let's just talk about the goaltending we've seen so far from Aiden Hill and James Reimer. Both those guys have come up with huge performances. Both those guys have come up with big stops. They haven't let in the soft goals. They have not been doing what we have seen from Sharks goalies over the past couple of years. And I'm not, saying it's all the goaltending because I didn't think Hill was amazing last night, but I didn't think that any of the goals went in Did I think, oh, well, you know, that's bad. That's bad net-minding. He's got to make that stop. I just thought, well, you know, they're going to score. This is a good team. Toronto has a high level of skill. They have a high level of talent. They are going to make you work. They're going to put pucks in the back of the net. The most important thing that the goalie can do is give you an opportunity to win. That's been essentially all Bob Bugner has asked for over the past couple of years. It's just, hey, give us a chance to win, give us a chance to win, that hasn't been there. Now the San Jose Sharks goalies are giving them a chance to win. It's keeping the Sharks emotionally engaged. It's keeping them physically engaged. Because when I look at the last couple of years, there were moments in games where the Sharks would pretty much just become undone. And you can take that definition to mean whatever you want it to mean, but you just saw it fall apart in front of you on the ice. You could see they would become less mentally engaged, You could see they would become less physically engaged. You would see they would become less emotionally engaged because it was like they realized that the fight they were putting up wasn't going to be good enough, that the goalie wasn't going to make the stop, that the defense wasn't going to make the stop. Whatever it was, they were not going to get the stop they needed to give themselves a chance to get into the game. And again, it's beyond just the net minding. It goes into team defense. It goes into team effort. It was everywhere when one hole in the dam showed up Everything collapsed shortly thereafter. It wasn't just the the goalie. It was everywhere. But right now, this team is not playing like that. This team has a much greater level of competitiveness, and they are not simply rolling over when they run into adversity. And to me, that is a huge, huge difference than what we saw over the last couple of years. Another huge, huge difference is, of course, the individual play of a guy like Aiden Hill. I remember there was, you know, a couple of times last night where he'd give up a goal, and my reaction was not, ah, oh, that's crap. It was okay. You know, that's that's how it goes. It feels like when a goal is getting in that it's not soft, that it's not something he otherwise should have stopped. And in addition to goals that are getting scored on Hill, I thought that he made a number of huge, huge stops. It's it's not just about getting all the saves, because you're gonna get scored upon. It's about also making the big stop in the big moment. And multiple times over these first four games, whether it's been Hill, whether it's been Reimer, the big stops have been there from these guys. The big stops have been the moment that the team is emotionally fed off of. And I think that that just rewards each other. You reward your goalie by giving him the lead time and time again. The Sharks, Couture scores. Toronto levels it. Timo scores. Toronto levels it. Carlson scores. You go into the, into the intermission with a lead. You start off the third. Dolan scores. You're up 4-2. You give your goalie a little bit of breathing room. And what does your goalie do? He makes the big stops. He has the big moments. And you hold on for a 5-3 win. It's massive. It's, it's massive to watch these things right now. But you look at that top line. You look at Dolan. You look at Meyer. You look at Logan Couture, Logan and Timo were two of those guys that I kept on pointing to last year, saying your best players need to be your best players. Timo Meyer is having a huge start to the season. Logan Couture is having a huge start to the season. Plus, to me, when you get those goals from your captain, that was the first period. The Sharks were caught in their own end. They were pinned, and they couldn't get out, but they didn't break. They didn't collapse. They didn't give up. They kept on fighting, even though Toronto had them on their heels. They were constantly getting the puck back. They were constantly firing shots. They were constantly putting the Sharks in a bad position in that first period. The Sharks didn't break. They handled it with aplomb. They looked like a team that was capable of handling the storm. They weathered it. And Sometimes you've got to weather the storm, and that was lacking from the team's mental or overall team identity a year ago. They couldn't weather the storm. They couldn't handle what was being thrown at them for whatever reason. This year, through four games, and I know it's early. I'm not saying that this is the be-all, end-all for what this team will be over the course of the entire season. But like I was talking about yesterday, this is a night and day difference. This is not what we were seeing before. This is not the Sharks team that we watched before. This is significantly different. It feels like there's a paradigm shift happening out there on the ice. And a big part of that is what you're getting from your goalies and how that mental edge is going out to the rest of the team combined with Logan Couture playing like one of your best players, combined with Timo Meyer playing like one of your best players, Jonathan Dolan, what he's been able to do so far, absolutely huge. And then you combine that with Eric Carlson. Eric Carlson is playing like Eric Carlson is expected to play. And I think that should maybe make teams around the NHL a little bit frightened. Because Eric Carlson, we all know that when he is at his best, he is one of the most remarkable defensemen we have ever seen. And I know there has been a high standard for him in terms of what Sharks fans have had, in terms of an expectation. But I, you know, before he had that groin injury in the 2018-2019 season, I thought Eric Carlson was incredible. He may not have been scoring you know, goals. It took him a while to get rolling on the offensive scoring side of things. But he was setting guys up. He was getting assists. He was doing everything the right way. That groin injury happened. His tame game took a back seat. But even still in the playoffs, he was our leading point getter. And he didn't even play, you know, the last couple of games. I thought he was remarkable. That groin injury took a lot out of his game. And I think getting healthy for Eric Carlson and having healthy off-seasons has gone a long way. And he clearly was very much engaged this past off season. Spent the entire summer training in San Jose. Like I said, I saw him up close in person. In the preseason at training camp, and I said, "My God, this guy looks in great shape. And he looked—he just—he looked like he was, you know, glowing. He had that vibe about him where he looked like he was ready to go, like he had something to prove." Now, I think all these sharks had something to prove. I think Logan Couture, since he's taken over as the captain of the San Jose Sharks, he's been put in some difficult situations, and he maybe hasn't felt like his overall mentality has bled through to the rest of the team. Because what do we know about Logan Couture when the moment is the biggest? That's when he's the best guy on the ice. I know the Sharks haven't made the playoffs the last couple of years, but Logan Couture, we knew his stretch of postseason play in the Stanley Cup playoffs. It was him and Alex Ovechkin as the top two goal scorers for about the better part of a decade. That doesn't happen by accident. That's because Logan Couture knows how to step up to the moment. And as the captain right now, Logan Couture is stepping up to the moment. Logan Couture is giving his team an opportunity. He is leading by example. He is scoring big goals. Whether it is an empty netter, whether it is the game's opening goal, Logan Couture is coming through with big moments for his team, which is exactly what a captain needs to do. They have to set the tone. They have to lead by example. And I don't just mean having a smile in front of the media. I mean going out there and performing in a tough situation, in a tough building against a tough, tough team. Toronto's good. good. I know Austin and his mustache are not 100% from where they need to be for that team because he's coming off of the surgery, but that's a good team. There's talent everywhere out there on the ice, and you've got to bring your A game, especially when you're on the second night of a back-to-back. And that's the thing to me is the Sharks in the first period, their legs were tired. First 10 minutes of that first period, I thought to myself, this could be where the game is decided because Toronto has the ability to come out and blitz you and put you at a deficit, and put you in a very, very bad situation. But the Sharks were able to handle it. And then the next 10 minutes of the first period, the Sharks seemed to get their legs underneath them a little bit. You know, they worked the lactic acid out of there, and they looked like they were humming along and ready to play. And then the second period, you have that back-and-forth mentality. And when you couldn't hold on to the lead, that's going to go a long way in terms of breaking you down emotionally. If If Toronto always has the answer, that might make you be just a little bit more inclined to not be able to hold on. But instead, San Jose scores, Toronto scores. San Jose scores, Toronto scores. You can't pull away. Carlson comes up with a bomb before the end of the second period. You're up 3-2, and then Dolan gets you a big goal just at the start of the third period. And then we talk about the power play. And I know this is going to be a little bit of a homer stat, and you might say, oh, come on, Ted. But listen, the Sharks earned three power plays last night, Toronto only earned two. What does that tell me? It tells me that the Sharks are not taking dumb penalties, which is very important because there were the times over the past couple of years where they took some dumb or bad penalties. The other thing is when you earn more penalties, you get a greater opportunity to drain the opposition, and that means your penalty kill only has to work hard twice. And I know that the Sharks did not score a power play goal last night, but the penalty kill came up huge. They drew more penalties. To me, that is in a way a form of winning the special teams battle, and you got to give credit to the Sharks penalty kill for coming up with big stops in big moments. Living up or playing up to the moment was lacking from the Sharks for the past couple of years. You know, they they came up with the moment so many times in the 2019 Stanley Cup playoffs that you know you maybe you maybe drained that tank for a while, and I, it's something I keep on going back to, and I do think. There was a hangover in 2019-2020 because of the Sharks having climbed the mountain once again, gotten late into the Western Conference final and then fallen to St. Louis. It was just another, a bigger stone to push up that hill the next time they got started, however you want to count it. I think there was a hangover effect, and I think that, you know, you're asking yourself, oh, you need me to come up with another moment, now we're trailing, and you need me to come up with another moment, and another, I mean, it's just, it's a lot for a team to handle. And I think that hangover effect was there, and it maybe hung around for a while because, those guys, Tomas Hurdle, Logan couture they know what it takes to climb back on top of that mountain. They know what you have to do physically and emotionally to get back there. That's a difficult thing to ask a team to do. And when you get sent back to the bottom of the mountain and told to, to start the climb again, that, that's a lot for a team to take, especially when they feel they had done so much previously. And I know these are professionals. I know I might be overthinking it, but I'm, I have to feel like that is there. There's a reason why teams that lose in the championship in sports. Sometimes don't follow that up with as great of a year because you work that hard and you come so close, but you don't get the ultimate reward. And yes, I know the Sharks have only made it to the Stanley Cup final once, but you're carrying a lot of history with you as you go into those next couple of seasons. And I thought that was part of the Sharks' dynamic in 2019-2020. The 2021 season had an entirely different dynamic to it with so many different things weighing against you. The Sharks never really had a chance to get their legs under them. But right now, the Sharks are rising to the moment. They are getting their legs under them. They are establishing their identity. They are coming through in big moments, and they are looking like a team that I don't know anybody is very excited to play right now. I don't know everybody wants to look at the San Jose Sharks and say that, oh, yeah, this team is for real. Because, listen, we have a long way to go for the Sharks to prove that they are for real. However, when I do look at this team, I say, Logan Couture, Tomas Hurdle, Timo Meyer, Eric Carlson, Brent Burns, Mark Edward Vlasic, who, by the way, has come up with some big plays. I don't think anybody is looking at these guys and saying, yeah, that's a team I want to face. It's the other side of the argument I was making where I feel like there's not a coach in the league that wouldn't want to have all those guys on their team or have the core that the Sharks have to work with. Because when these guys play to their level – They are very, very dangerous. They are very, very talented. And they are simply the core or foundational pieces of a team that has the potential to be very, very good. They were not living up to that potential in the past. Now, it looks like they are playing up to the level that we think they are capable of. And lo and behold, the Sharks are 4-0 on the year. I do not expect them to go 82-0. I do not expect them to go undefeated on the road trip, but they are stacking up the wins now. And when you're on a five-game road trip and you win the first three, if the Sharks were to lose the next two, it doesn't feel like a failure. It doesn't feel like the Sharks have put themselves in a bad position. It doesn't feel like the Sharks have not capitalized on situations that were there. If you go 500 or better on the road and take care of business at home, you're giving yourself a very good chance to get into the Stanley Cup playoffs. You're giving yourself an opportunity to have a season worth fighting for. Sharks couldn't do that the last two years. Right now, the Sharks are fighting like a team that believes they have a chance to make the Stanley Cup playoffs. And I'm not going to say that this team didn't believe that last year. I just think there were so many obstacles and so many things to deal with last year. That's a different dynamic. Just like the dynamic in 2019-2020 was different. It's not an apples-to-apples comparison. But right now, the San Jose Sharks are playing like the San Jose Sharks we expected them to be. All right, we're going to take a break. On the other side, we're going to get into some of that post-game reaction. You're on Morning Tide. That to-do list you have needs one more thing. Chill. It's an easy thing to do.
1: Just crack open an ice cold Coors Light and chill. Take the afternoon off
0: and binge watch anything. Go to happy hour and stay for a couple hours. Who's counting anyways? Or hang out with just your dog because you've had enough human interaction this week. Whatever you do, do it with a Coors Light. Mountain cold refreshment made to chill. 2020 Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Celebrate responsibly. Timo Meyer drops it back. A big chance there for Dallin. Knocked away. Good chance back in front. Dallin. his third goal of the season and the rookie
1: makes it 4-2 San Jose. Yeah, absolutely he gets the puck off his stick too really quickly, um, you know just I saw that that play, Timo gave it to me and he had a stick, he, he keeps it on the ice so he's always got a target, as long as I get it to him he kind of sweeps it through real quick and uh, it's tough for, for other players to stick check him even if they try to and he gets some real velocity on the shot so I just got to try and find him when he's, uh, when he's cocked like that we got great chemistry. It's obviously two great players, and uh, Logan is uh, is so good. It's amazing. Uh, he's been great every night. So and so is Timo. Also, like I mean,
0: uh, uh, I'm just trying to fit in on that line, and I, I really like those two guys. They're amazing hockey players. The second-generation San Jose Shark, Jonathan Dolan, bringing us in as well as Logan Couture, and the goal that Couture assisted on to Jonathan Dolan as the San Jose Sharks went up. 4-2 in the first 30 seconds or so of the third period. A huge, huge goal for the San Jose Sharks at that moment. And it's like I said earlier, you gave your goalie some breathing room. He had come up with big stops. You take a little bit of that pressure off of him. You can be a little bit more aggressive. You can be a little bit more just free-flowing. And with that fourth goal, it's not like you thought you had won the battle. I knew at that point that the scoring from Toronto was not done, that they were going to find a way to get within one It was just a matter of keeping them from tying it at that point, and the San Jose Sharks were up to the task. And that's the other thing we're noticing about the Sharks this year, is it's not just coming up with the big moments. It's that when they are in front, they know how to maximize that. They know how to handle the lead. Last year, this team could not handle the lead in the slightest. It was like they would score a goal, which would lead to an avalanche of offensive activity from the opposition. So far this year, we're not seeing that. Now, there was pushback from Toronto last night in that five-goal second period, for sure. But that's not the same. And the Sharks always had the answer. And so, at least in that second period, I should say. But you love what you're seeing from these guys right now. And I also thought it was cool that last night when the guys were asked about the goalies in the post game, they also made sure to compliment Reimer as well, who didn't play last night. They were going out of their way to back up both of their net netminders. It's been amazing. Uh, so was Rhymes though the
1: other night. Uh, but, uh, yeah, Hitler's great. He's a great goalie. He's making big saves. And uh, that's what we need. So, uh... Hope he keeps doing it. Yeah, huge. Both him and Rhymes. I mean, every night we've had good goaltending, and uh, they make the saves that uh, that are needed, and then they make the saves that uh, sometimes you don't think they're going to make. So um, they've both been rock solid for us. Both for goalies have been awesome. He's uh, made uh, key saves, key moments to help us win games. So uh, uh, we love playing in front of our goalies, and uh the guys have been doing a great job getting in lanes, too, and, and he's been cleaning up and making some nice saves for us.
0: that uh, you know been huge for us in those four games. That's Dolan, Cooch, and Meyer. All those guys spoke after the win last night. Again, the San Jose Sharks are in a good place right now. It'll be different, obviously, when they do lose a couple of games, and we see a little bit more of how their resolve is when everything isn't going perfectly, which... You can say well it's not perfect right now Ted but well actually it is they're 4 and 0 they are 4 for 4 4 games 4 wins they are off to a fantastic start now you know why is that what's going on with this team what what's the difference right now
1: I think so yeah up and down the lineup I don't, I, I mean everyone played well everyone contributed and everyone's done that in, in all four games uh goaltending's been excellent Hiller made some big time saves uh that save on I believe Matthews near the end there was uh that was top notch so it's fun right now
0: That line there at the end, it is fun right now. I think that is massively indicative of how different it is for the San Jose Sharks right now. When they came into training camp, the guys looked like they were in shape. They looked like they were ready, but they also looked like they were having fun. A lot of smiles, a lot of just more of a hangback nature and relaxed vibe. And I think that's kind of taking its way out onto the ice right now because there's so far there's not a lot of panic in this team. And I I might be overstating it from what I saw last year, but... It felt like there was quite a bit of panic in the team last year. That's why they couldn't hold on to leads. That's why they would collapse. That's why they just didn't know like they, it was like they didn't know how to handle themselves out there on the ice. And I I think that, again, we can go into a variety of reasons for that. Disrupted training camp, weird schedule, unable unable to hang out with each other. But if you get a a group of guys that needs to feed off each other and vibe off each other and feel like they're all on the same page, the fact that they can now socialize, the fact that they don't have to be quarantined when they're not at the practice facility or on the ice the fact that it's not it's not at all like it was last year especially for a team that's in a transitional phase I think that's gone a long way in helping the Sharks turn into the team that we're seeing right now and I know I don't want to get ahead of myself I don't want to start talking about what the Sharks are right now because there are 78 games left and there is a lot of opportunity for this to all, all nosedive in a hurry. And then everything I'm talking about right now will have no sense when we are 50 games into this and they're not in first place. Nor do I expect them to stay in first place. But I feel that what we're seeing from this team right now is indicative of a greater level of play overall from the Sharks, a greater mental standpoint, a greater you know, engagement in everything that they're doing. Like the power play last night did not come up with any goals and I don't find myself overreacting to that even though this is the first game this year where they did not score a power play goal. The power play is not going to be perfect all year long. They are not going to be getting goals going into last night's game like they were at near 42% on the power play and I'm fine with that because the, the power play is going to be hot and cold. But you want the power play to be a reliable entity over the course of the season. You want to know that even if you do go through a cold stretch, that you'll fall back on that power play. The base level of performance that you know will consistently give you goals. The base level of performance for the Sharks power play last year was abysmal. They simply were not scoring on the power play. And the penalty, penalty kill was bad. And the team defense was bad. And you, know, you just go down, down the list of everything you needed to be good last year for the Sharks, and it wasn't. So far this year, it has been good, even if you're coming off a game in which they didn't score any power play goals. They still came up huge on the penalty kill in big moments where they were tested. They held on to the lead. They didn't They didn't collapse. And again, I know that that's repeating what I said earlier, but it is, it is remarkable to watch such a dramatic change in a team from one year to the next. And I guess that just speaks to Logan Couture and the captaincy. Bob Bugner, the way they told these guys to prepare. Doug Wilson, getting the message across to these guys that, hey, Timo Meyer, game number one, you need to be ready to be the Timo Meyer we know you're capable of. Eric Carlson, we need you to be Eric Carlson. It's not just that the team is playing well, because I think the team is playing well, just like it's not that the guys that are expected to be the stars are being the stars. It's not just one thing or one or the other. It's, it's everything. And right now, the fact that you can draw upon multiple players to play at a high level, that you can count on multiple new guys to try and fight for that ice time, to try and do their best. I mean, it's just it's lending itself to an overall positive vibe. It's lending itself to a team that has a lot of competitiveness and fight for each other. It's lending itself to a good vibe that will continue to permeate. I mean, these are the checkpoints of good teams. The only thing we don't know about the Sharks is whether or not this is going to last. But it's hard not to notice all these signs right now that the San Jose Sharks are giving us that they are going to be better than they were last year. And if better than last year is or is not the playoffs, that remains to be seen. But there is a base level of competitiveness, a base level of emotional desire that we did not see last year. And now you got to see if that that continues. Because you go into Boston, which is a notoriously hard place to play, it's going to be an early start. I mean, not only is 1 o'clock in any game an early start, you're on 10 a.m. time for your body on the East Coast. And yes, you've had a little bit more of an adjustment period. But again, it's one of the hardest places to play in the NHL. The Sharks have not had a great level of success there in recent times. We heard Logan Couture reference that earlier. But it's going to be another big test. And I like to see how the Sharks are testing this. And for me... It's not just about win or lose either. It's about are, is it going to be a, a 3-2 game where they maybe even earn a point by taking it to overtime or is it going to be you know a 5-1 loss, which is possible. And I don't think everybody should think the sky is falling if they do lose 5-1. I think everybody should look at that and say, okay, the Sharks had won their first three games of the road trip and they're 4-1 and on the year. I'm not, I'm not having a problem with a loss right now. I am more looking at the big picture. And the big picture up to this point is that you've won four and you've lost none, which again will make that first loss that much less painful because you've given yourself breathing room. You've given yourself a chance. You can't win them all, nor should the Sharks be expected to win them all. But what I'm seeing right now is a team that's looking like they are giving themselves the opportunity to win the quote-unquote winnable games, which we did not see last year. Last year, we saw a team that was capable of losing. And right now, the team is 4-0 on the year and heading into their biggest challenge up to this point, playing in Boston, which is a very, very tough place to play. You are going to see what you bring. You are going to see if you can create a winnable situation on the road, on the East Coast, in the midst of a difficult road trip, coming off of a game that you were able to win on a back-to-back bit of scheduling. It's not going to be easy. But the grind the compete, the overall sandpaper that we heard Bob Bugner talk about so many times last year, it looks like it might be part of the Sharks' identity now, or at least they are trying to make it part of their identity. Because this isn't finished. The San Jose Sharks, as we observe them right now, are not the San Jose Sharks that we are going to be observing in a month, or in two months' time, or in three months' time. This is a developing team. We've got to be able to see what they are developing into. That to me is the most important thing is seeing how this team grows. If this is it right now, I don't think it's going to be good enough because teams have to develop over the course of the year. They have to get better. They have to add more wrinkle, more nuance, more skill to their game. It's why I've said I don't expect this to be the the Sharks that we see all year because it's got to grow. It's got to change. It's got to evolve into something. What I'm hopeful that we are seeing is that instead of a fluke, it is more to the core of their identity that, that they can build upon. That when they are in difficult situations, they can point to a win on a back-to-back night in Toronto, where they can point to a come-from-behind victory against Winnipeg, where they can point to blowing out Montreal, where they have reference points, where they were able to have good performances in the past, and that it wasn't by a miracle, or that it wasn't by just a fluke that they were able to walk away with a win, that they can say, we have... The ability to win this game because we've done this, 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 this in the past and it's given us something to put our legs on that we can say, remember how we did this, remember what we did here. Let's not forget that and let's know what we're capable of. To me, those reference points when you're building a team, huge. All right, join us right here on the Sharks Audio Network tomorrow morning at 9.30 for pregame coverage, then the game at 10 with Dan Rusinowski and Drew Remenda as the Sharks take on the Bruins. I'll see you all Monday morning. For the San Jose Sharks, I'm Ted Ramey, signing off.